Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 71 of the Butters Podcast. This is my conversation with Kat Lintot. This conversation is made possible thanks to the generous support of my amazing patrons. Thank you all so much for your ongoing support. And if you too would like to support this podcast as a patron, you can do so by jumping onto patreon.com forward slash butters. Special thank you as well to Tim, my little bro, who signed up as a patron recently. Tim, thank you so much. That's awesome. But for now, thank you again for tuning into episode 71 of the Butters Podcast, our first episode for 2023. Enjoy. Now we have to pretend Please. that we don't know any of the information. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can talk about other stuff, maybe. Or we no, can talk I about whatever. Good. I mean, I, I, liked, good. I think I liked what. Yeah, we did. What we're talking about. Okay, so we covered a lot of stuff. The mic. How long was that? A good forty minutes. Maybe. And then the mic wasn't recording. Yeah. So there was gold, shared. Sometimes maybe it's n- never meant to be. I don't know. Presented that way, so it's definitely recording. It is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And if you never talk to me again, I'll understand. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that. That's fine. I love the, the conversation yeah, we had, so I we'll did. just try and re, recreate, re, it. recreate it. Um, so, do you want to introduce <laughs> the chat? <laughs> so, oh, oh, we covered so much. Sleep. Mm-hmm. You started with sleep. Yeah. Recalibrating yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess um, you reached out to me, and <laughs> yeah. we were talking about... That you would stop drinking alcohol. And coffee, mm. yes. And the reason for that was because I wanted to optimize my sleep. So basically, a year ago, I had decided that um, that sleep, for me, was like one little goal that I could do out of all of the other things, like exercise I couldn't handle, um, eating healthy seemed like really tricky, and so I chose sleep as the one thing that would... To start. And, and you yeah. said it's because you had had kids, you weren't feeling sexy or... or yeah, so basically... Actually, we didn't touch on that. <laughs> do you feel sexy now? I do, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, having to... I have two children, one's four and a half and one's one and a half. And um, when you go through having kids and, mm-hmm. and everything, you really lose a lot of your body, you know, the sense of like who you are in an identity like mental way and physically as well wow um and so going through that um see i'm glad we're having the second conversation because this is stuff we didn't touch on true. before and this is important yeah so both mentally and physically you yeah you, you lose a, you lose yourself and you have to refine yourself as a wow. new being basically i think um and every woman will go through this and every um man will go through this like as a identity shift when they become a parent mm. if you're lucky enough to become a parent um, and so for me, um, yeah, I couldn't do exercise for some reason. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And so I decided sleep was the one thing that I could really focus on. And um, so I got this aura ring, or you can get any Fitbit or anything like that. And um, basically I didn't do anything at the beginning. I just tracked my sleep. So I learned about what the data could give me. And the three main ones that I remember are your heart rate, your resting heart rate, um, your, your REM. REM and deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I focused on. 
And so once I had like really learned, this was over a whole course of a year. So remember this when you think about all the holy show, the stuff that she's done, like it's over a year. Um, Yeah. So I looked at that. And then once I realized I could, um, I could monitor that, I started shifting and changing and experimenting with things that would work or wouldn't work. Um, And actually like the easiest thing is like going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time every day. Um, And one other thing, oh, Actually, the other reason why I focused on sleep was because when I had children, you kind of just go, oh, sleep's out the window, sleep's forever going to be crap for me. Um, and so I wanted to try and shift that and go, if I optimize the time that I do have, even if I only have two hours sleep, how can I make that two hours sleep the best two hours sleep I possibly can have? Oh, okay. So um, you even did that in the smaller levels like this? Yeah, like just whatever I could get was like, how do I make that the best sleep I could get? So that was the mentality right, I went yeah. in, in, on as well. I like that. Because um, when you have like a, a kid that wakes up two two times a night, you know, you there's no way you can ever get a solid night's sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so from that, like things would... Um, would progress and I guess the first big shift for me was um, stopping alcohol and that was with a friend who was just talking about how they don't do drink alcohol and I was like oh why don't you drink alcohol and they just like I just chose not to and and I was like oh in that moment I was like I can choose not to as well Mm. and um, when I was having kids I didn't have coffee that much or alcohol obviously and so when I'd come back into the alcohol world, I didn't enjoy it like I used to. When um, you come back into the alcohol world, I like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. So I just decided to, yeah, cut it out. And um, everything that I do when I stop it, it's not binary. So I can drink whenever I want to. I don't don't put any rules on myself. That's cool. But um, that would I... make it more sustainable, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's more sustainable. Yeah. Um, and so because also I don't like to have people telling me what to do. So it's <laughs> probably including myself. So... <laughs> So there's that. So yeah, alcohol was cut out, then coffee and caffeine. Um, and the people who love coffee, like you've got decaf coffee, but if you love like an English breakfast tea with a bit of milk in it, and all yeah, of it yeah. like the Roy Boss chai with a bit of oat milk is really a great alternative. So um, that's what's actually helped me get off caffeine the most. Uh, Roy Boss chai is my love. <laughs> um, yeah, and then from that, the other thing that I... Um, experienced was a five-day fast which um was a mimicking fast so it wasn't where you just had water for five days but it was looking at how do you keep yourself in ketosis over the five days basically eating about 70 700 calories a day um and what i got from that was a much like doubled my deep sleep like crazy amounts and um then also my mental clarity like came back. So mm. I think after having kids as well, there's this fog yeah, yeah, that yeah. probably a lot of, especially mums, Mum like, talk or about. Or yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it feel was quite real for me. Like I think I had a mild case of postnatal depression, and oh, no. um, and but in a way, like I didn't really know. And so when I was like doing these th- these little experiments, I'd like feel like I put my head out. I'm like, oh yes, okay, I, I, I know I can do this, and I go back down. And it, so it's like a gradual. A gradual thing um so the fasting for me was um a key shift in um sleep and mental health so you had sorted your sleep solid sleep and then you added on top of that the fasting or the mimicking fasting which just just doubled my yeah, deep sleep wow. and so deep REM I have really good REM mm-hmm. um and my heart rate actually was not great so my I would never be able to have a good so your heart is meant to go down when you sleep and then come back up when you wake up and what mine was doing was getting too high at the beginning and then dropping when I should have been in my REM 
which was just prolonging my deep sleep was just being affected by the fact that my heart rate was too high and what was well I realized after all of this like intuitive I guess decision making on how to optimize sleep is that the food the dinner that I was having was meaning that my heart rate was sending all the blood down to my stomach to process the food and therefore I wasn't um, dropping into deep sleep fast enough because it was focusing on digestion mm, rather than yeah. sleep and so I cut out dinner and it's just been the best thing ever for me not having dinner because <laughs> it's like an intermittent fasting but in the night time um, yeah. so I have way better sleep um, because of it and then from that I also have lost weight because of the intermittent fasting and I wake up in the morning with way more energy I have way more energy at night and I have way more energy in the morning um, and I love breakfast, so it's a great way to have a big breakfast. Oh. Um, so do you like walk into the bathroom and walk past the mirror and you're like, God damn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my puku <laughs> looks good today. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but, so, but, but like you and Ben, uh, I mean, you're very social people, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, how do you find, like, how do you find it if you, so if you're going out with oh, friends. Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just when it again. When I don't, you have the opportunity of you're at home yeah. and then no dinner tonight. Yeah. Okay. It's also a great way to save money and mm-hmm. have more time in the evening because you don't waste time cooking or yeah. spend money on buying the food. Yeah. So it's just been this. Yeah. It's an interesting observation to witness. Interesting. Yeah. But you feed your kids though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another. Okay. <laughs> but it's actually another interesting reflection on. I'm doing uh, actually doing a fast as we speak mm. and some of the stuff that I learned through not having dinner and doing a fast is that I'm habitually like my muscle memory of putting food in my mouth is wild wow. like you just cook food and you'll pop something in your mouth yeah. and then you'll be like I don't and then if you're fasting like I can't have anything in my mouth so yeah. you have to spit it out and the amount of times that you I do it without even thinking is crazy really yeah and then especially if you have kids like they'll eat half of a an orange and then you're like, oh, well, I'll eat the other half of the orange, which is fine. But then if it's half of a sandwich, half of a pasta, mm. half of this, half of that, it can rack up pretty quick. Mm. So that was another lesson that I've learned through this is not like unconscious eating, you know. Mm. Yes. So that right, was. Before you continue, I'm going to check that this is still recording. It is still recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess from the fasting, I got lots of energy from that. And then I was able to do exercise. So and that that really took a good like six or seven months to get to that point to be able to exercise um and it was not lots of exercise it was like 15 minutes of like high intensity hit classes and it was just on youtube um just oh yeah who was the person you oh ananas a-n-a-n-a-s she's swedish and it's just music and she just does these really like just great routines and Mm. it's anything from like 15 minute butt workout to 45 minute full body um so it's just a really great um easy thing to do and I can do it in between meetings so if I've got a half an hour spare I literally will just run in out the back room do some exercise and turn up to the meeting sweetie (laughs) and that's okay you know like no one cares yeah yeah um yeah so that that's just been huge for me um no one cares because you're the boss though keep that in mind (laughs) But the clients don't seem to mind. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's what <laughs> Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And but so, also encouraging staff to do exercises. Really? Okay. For me. That, yeah. This is funny. When I walked in before too, it's like I'm greeted with mayo, mm-hmm. you know. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come out and say hi and then there's... Snoop the dog. Snoop. Yeah. 
and immediately I'm like, this place is awesome. Like, you've just got dogs, like you've got animal therapy, you've got a boss such as yourself who encourages exercise and exercise at work and all that. I mean, that's great. That's like, yeah, that's already a positive thing that you're passing on. But I think it's also, to go back to what you were saying before, I think it is all, and I don't think we really talked about this before in the previous conversation, is that it is important, I think, to know that if you are wanting to change or if you're feeling like I need to, I want to get into shape, that it does take time because we do live in a world of like immediate gratification and we think things should be happening straight away. But so you're saying you started with sleep, then the fasting, and that was a good six or seven months before you then even kind of tapped into exercise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a good reminder that things take time. Oh man, things take time. And I kind of ex- like um, think about my journey as a domino effect. Like you can only do the next step once you've done the first little mm. micro adjustment. Mm. Um, yeah, so you talked about micro yeah, so and macro, yeah. Yeah. Can we tap on Yeah, we can talk that? about that. So my, You've got a great memory, by the way. You're like tracking through the conversation before really well. Um, my journey with being so I went to this retreat um down south called Aroha which changed my life I was 29 I decided to go there because I wanted to get my body fit for when I was going to have children at 30 you know playing all these Mm -hmm. plans Mm -hmm. and um I went there and mentally um one thing that uh I'll I'll just do a tangent here one thing that really affected me was we'd go on these hikes and I would just not be able to breathe even though I was super fit Mm. and um I couldn't figure out what it was like one day I was just like (gasps) like I was like I don't have asthma what's going on I was crying trying to get to the top of this hill anyway I one of the people that was on it just said can you just talk talk to me what are the emotions that are coming up and I just walked to the top of this hill no no sweat talking the whole way just released my emotions through my throat and so that's when I discovered the chakras oh, yeah, right. and that my I hold all of my emotions in my throat. Right. Um, and through that experience, I um, was recommended this book, um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which is like also one of the most amazing books I've mm. ever read. It just helped me understand so many things about like the pain body and um, for myself and for others. And the other thing that he talks about a lot which I have been grappling with for the last seven years is how to be present in everyday life because that is like key. If you're present today, then that doesn't matter. But then I'm really interested in how do we make the future a better place? And so for me, that's my purpose in life is whatever I do, I want to make sure that, you know, the whenua and the land is healthy. We've got good mental health. We've got good physical health. Our communities are thriving. What does that look like for the future? You can't think about that stuff if you're constantly in the daily you know only present right now Mm. and so I've been figuring all this stuff out and last year I had a bit of a breakthrough which might be obvious for everyone but wasn't for me um that there I we I think about now my life in micro and macro adjustments so if we think about like a macro idea so say we want to have uh you know we have 50 percent of New Zealand be a forest again whatever it looks like Um, then the macro is the big outcome, but the micro adjustments. So then how do you do that? The macro idea is so big. It's like paralyzing. You can never ever think about it. And so, and then the micro adjustment is like, well, what can I do today to help that? Nothing. But if you do a micro adjustment every day, 
towards that goal, then it was more likely to come to fruition than if you never do. Mm. And so like that's how, and that could be anything. So if you think about sleep, like what are the micro adjustments that you can do mm. on once a week or something to yeah. Yeah. to change it or once a month. Yeah. And so the micro is really important. And now I live my life like micro adjustments to the max. Like um, just before that, let's say like, okay, I've got to go to the toilet. That's a micro adjustment to make sure that when I'm with you, I'm more present with you. And hopefully the outcome of this talk will be better. You know, so it's even just like simple decisions like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that tangent, but... Do, so, so, but you would have the macro, would you, would you always have the macro vision? Yeah. Okay. The macro vision is always in my mind. And so, you know, talking to you today is about the, ma- the, macro, the macro vision because of... And, take, and taking a pee macro. was the micro. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because... Well, thank you for taking a pee. <laughs> Yeah, because now hopefully we can inspire, if we can inspire one other person to... To take a pee. Take a pee and adjust their sleep, then the world will be a better place. Totally, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so... I'm going to do another check as well to make sure it's still recording. Yes! (laughs) Yeah, so those are macro, micro. Um, And then the other stuff... The other stuff that was really good was um, I've stopped watching content. Yes, that's right. And so glad you've got a great memory. I am, I crack content. So it's kind of, I don't know if this is like a horrible thing to say, but I think that um, I just went, we went to Burning Man last year. Mm. In September. In September. And I haven't watched content since September. And it wasn't a conscious decision. I just didn't do it for ages because I came back and I was vibing and I was loving, loving life. And then, yeah, I just haven't. And then it became a thing where I was like, oh, I haven't watched anything. Should I watch something? No, not yet. Mm. And I have quite an addictive personality. So um, now it's a bit of a test for me just to be like, okay, like what, you know, is it worth breaking this or not? Mm. And I'm still reading books. So I'm still, um, like I'm reading this, The Dark Forest, which is a chi- the second book in a Chinese sci-fi. It's so good if anyone mm. loves sci-fi. Um, it's really good. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I am still like, consuming stories yeah, 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 just yeah. not with a screen at the moment yeah mm. which yeah. would also help with sleep as well i guess it actually does because you don't yeah if you're not on a screen then you're good yeah yeah oh and then the other thing that i'm doing now this is not this i guess this is like about the domino effect because um the sleep was the one thing but now it's just like transitioning into like making my life better mm. So now that I've got more space, I actually um, have started learning about Maramataka, which is the um, Māori moon phases and the different energies that the moon brings on a daily basis, um, which means that I'm journaling now in the night because I'm trying to reflect on how I feel versus what the moon energy is bringing. That's cool. Um, we didn't talk about that before either. Yeah. There's new stuff in this. Yeah. When you journal, do you write by hand or do you type? Write by hand, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But if I don't have uh, um, my written one, I'll take notes. Like I do take quite a lot of notes on my oh, okay. phone as well. Yeah. 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 I've just often wondered if there's a difference, like if it's cathartic or therapeutic to actually physically write or if it doesn't actually make a difference. It's just about mm. t- getting the thoughts out and I journaling. Reckon, for me, when I'm writing on journal, journaling, like with pen and paper, I will never read back on it. Whereas if it's on my phone, I'll, it's a note, so it's more like I'll reflect back on it and oh, I need right. to, yeah. And is one better it. than the other? No. Okay. Just, it it's is. about getting it out, is it? Clearing the mind, yeah, processing things, learning just, about yourself. 
yeah, learning. And this one is particularly about learning the phases of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And Maramataka. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you've got a tattoo. I did. I got a tattoo yeah. today, um, which represents. Is it sore at the moment? I'm curious. N- no. Um, I got it hand poked by Jenny Kill. Who's a beautiful artist and she, Gina Keel. She's actually like a street. She does all sorts of beautiful art. Wow. Um, But she did, yeah, just designed Okoro, which is um, the phase of the moon, which represents communication and creativity and um, spending time with Fano. So, and it's like a medium energy. So it's not too high or too low. Mm, Yeah. So I just wanted, I felt like it was a beautiful inspiration for me to bring that through. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I have another tattoo, yeah. which we talked about before, which yeah. was <laughs> basically, I never had a tattoo and I always wanted one. And someone suggested, I was like, how do you know what to get? Because that's, I think everyone always asks that question. And someone suggested to me, just find an artist that you like. And then once you find them, then they will help you to find oh, okay. the piece of the piece of art yeah. that you want on your body. Yeah. Um, and so I found mine, who was Sarah Munns. She's an um, indigenous artist up in Gisborne. And... Um, she is Maori and Filipino, and so she's got this beautiful thin line art. Um, mm. And yeah, so I was gifted this tattoo, and it represents me. And she listened to my story, and then kind of drew it on, and then presented it to me, which is really beautiful. Mm. Um, and it basically, it just is a compass in the center, which is me always coming back, going out and exploring life, and then coming back to home which mm. is me always mm. knowing who I am and there's like these little um kuaka birds or frigate birds which are navigation birds in indigenous culture and then there's like a symbol of the wahine and the little three arrows um I want them to be my partner and my two kids mm. so yeah so that's some tats <laughs> so always ex- always exploring but then coming back to you to my to, me. to to you yeah, yeah. to who I am right. and I think that almost comes back to the macro and the micro again you know you've always you've got to go out and you've got to explore life mm. but you've always got to come back and be true to who you are because if you're not true to yourself you yeah. can't be impactful for others yeah you know yeah um, but is the exploration part of you totally growing growing and so you come back to a a new you or a more developed yeah, you yeah, or definitely okay. i mean we're never the same person that we were five minutes ago so like yeah yeah wow. always yeah yeah um would you like to tell me about your no <laughs> <laughs> no i don't want to fuck this up excuse the language no you should you should it's it's good <laughs> no i i am not sleeping well and I just feel like an insomniac at the moment. Yeah. But sometimes I can't get to sleep because my brain is like super excited about different things that are going on. Yeah. So it's not it's not necessarily a negative thing. Yeah. I just can't. But because I socialize a lot as well and consume coffee and alcohol throughout the day and night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this all, you know, this started because you had mentioned that, yeah, you had stopped drinking alcohol and coffee. And I was like, I need to learn about why you're doing this mm. and and you said it improved your sleep um but i was lucky enough to talk to ben and i i was definitely keen to talk to you as well because he said you were further on the journey with understanding things like energies and stuff 
and then we had a beautiful conversation and it didn't record <laughs> and now this is take two <laughs> that was so good though and I think um yeah because you talked about how content was something that you yeah and I think that would help with sleep yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. idea of having permission so almost almost you talking to your friend or hearing from your friend that he's stopped drinking alcohol mm-hmm. and that giving you permission yeah and hearing you talking about the fact that you haven't been consuming visual content mm. and the fact that I will jump onto Netflix and scroll through and be like, man, I just don't want to watch anything. And almost having an excuse to be like, I don't watch. I, I spoke to Kat. I was inspired by what she said. I'm actually going to give it a go because, yeah, I've kind of been wanting to. Try it for a week and see what else you fill uh, your space with. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you could fill it with the book that I recommend, which is, oh, yeah. um, so doing? I've just listened to the book um, Living in a Place of Surrender by Michael Singer. And he has written other amazing books, but I haven't read them. But this one is actually him teaching you how to live in a place of surrender and the actual tools. And he's talking to you. It's not like he's written it. It's like a course that he's mm. like kind of doing. Um, and it will just like, it changed the way that I approach everything from happy feelings to sad feelings to everything in between. And just like the way... What do you mean the way you approach them? Like the... Um, so say, for example, you... I know there's something that um, sad or something happens. Doesn't matter what it is, and you your body reacts. It doesn't even mean that your mind reacts, but everyone will know there's a time where your your heart rate will go higher, right. your yep. body might get hot, yep. you viscerally feel a reaction, yep. whether it's good or bad. And then you've got to do something with it. Do you suppress it, or do you does your mind do something? Do you react to it? And then there's all these things, and and they become like bad or good memories basically mm. I can't I don't want to like try to explain it like he does it because he does it so well but there are these experiences that we have and he helps you or helped me to give me the tools to receive whatever this experience is whether it's good or bad and then process it properly so that it can leave my body in a way that doesn't it doesn't come back unless I want it to so if it's a bad experience I can process it and it won't stay in my body as a negative energy or a negative memory yeah. And then every time I think about it, my body reacts the same. Like we've okay. all had that, you know. Well, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of an immediate thing, which is where we finished the conversation. Yeah. and I realized that I hadn't recorded. Okay. I could immediately feel my body getting sweaty. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I've just wasted so much of Cat's time, and also this this gold that came out of her mouth for 40 minutes is lost. Oh well, like I get, I get it. Yeah. And so when you were like, okay, let's go outside, you were actually very kind, and, and then you went for a pee, and I was just sitting here like, oh my God, like I was just, I was devastated. So, and I can still feel my body kind of yeah, and that's okay, in this though. weird state. So it's okay to feel okay. whatever the emotions are, because they're true, but it's not like when you leave here, you, should, you could be able to process this enough to leave here, and when you wake up tomorrow, and you think about this moment, you don't have to relive that physical emotion okay. again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's happened. You don't have to relive it again. I'll probably have a nightmare about it, but, <laughs> but it'll go away, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, listen to this book. And I'm checking that it's still recording. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just listen to the book. It's just everything from, like... Yeah, I appreciate and it. And a memory that I, like, will remember from high school. And now I've, I've got the tools to listen, feel it, recover it, process it, and then hopefully it won't come back again or it won't come back in the same way. Oh, so and, it's, it's helped you to identify and, and process stuff that may have happened years ago. Yeah. But yeah. now you understand. 
I can understand wow. how I can physically and emotionally help to release it so that it doesn't affect me, me anymore. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. It is really powerful. How, who, how did you discover the book? Who told you about it? A friend of mine. Do you know Tim Pointer? He runs Reason, which is like a another agency. No. Um, he's also big into all sorts of stuff, and he recommended this book to me. And I just thought that was the right time, and I listened to it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a goodie. Yeah. Uh, why was like making the future a better place? A yeah, why, well, why did you care about it? Yeah. So I think um, it's a really important part of who I am is making the world a better place because when You're I ha- was, well, I wa- when in my 20s, I was a lot more selfish. Like I didn't yeah. really think about other people or, you know, just, you know, you were on the grind, the rat race kind of thing yeah. in, in your 20s. Um, and then when I had children, I was like, whoa, like I really need to think about other people and what is this planet that we've, we're going to be leaving I'm going to be leaving for them um and just made me think at a much larger scale and at the same time I was really getting into te ao Māori storytelling I fuck up up back to Naitahu and um really I have always thought a lot as a like a te ao Māori like mindset but once I was able to reconnect with um my Māori like heritage and learn about the history it's like become more apparent to me that it's just an, an indigenous way of being, which is that your ancestors really do have um, an, like an intergenerational strategy about how they're going to like work the land for you and therefore the decisions that you make now will be the ones that um, will affect your children in the future. Yeah, and because so, you said, and you said that before, that you know, the ancestors that have gone before have kind of done that for us. For good um, or bad. Yeah, you for know. good or bad. And so now, are we going to be the goodies or the baddies? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are we going to be both? But either way, we are. It's for us now and the future. Yeah, and you know, I'm 35. Like, this is my time to be probably the predominant leader in the world for the next 20 years. You know, before I get too old. Well, not too old, but you know, that you know, we've got these cycles of um, the where we need to show up in the world. And I think this is and this is me like not having any more kids, and that same like this is the next. phase of my, myself is like yeah, getting out right. there and, and making change I'll tell you what have you read the news about Jacinda yeah I'm actually so, for her. right I think like she's so you're talking about a... stepping up as the next leader <laughs> never no <laughs> public yeah, speaking would kill me All right. um I'm so great I'm so glad that she did that because I think she's done amazing for our country and I think she would be better placed to do something else now because sometimes New Zealand isn't always so grateful for what she was able to achieve. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I think she's done the right thing. Right. Yeah, it's good to choose to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than to be, Yeah. you know. I think, especially for women, when we're fighting for, well, not fighting, but really aiming to have, like, equality in the workplace and the whole world, when a woman chooses to leave a role that's really um, significant by choice and thus stepping into their power, yeah. By leaving, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. I think it's a really, really cool. That she yeah, did that. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, was there was there anything <laughs> was there anything else? Not that I feel that we need to repeat, and you need to be going saying, "Oh, that is a, such a cute photo." <laughs> oh, please. Um, I don't know. Okay, so. you got anything else you want to say? No, that's good. And we covered, we, like, you mentioned things that we hadn't covered in the first. Okay. I think, which is great. 
Do you want me to talk about how I bring impact into the work that I do? Or does it matter? It's up to you. I want you to talk about whatever you're happy to talk about. Um, will you weave this into a thing? Or no, it's all unedited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just quickly say, because I think when people think about big purposeful like, outcomes, like making the world a better place, um, it becomes paralyzing as well. And so when I think about the mahi that I do in everyday life, it's um, I'm developing like a sci-fi fantasy world that is inspiring like the young adult genre, like t- teenagers, to think about how oh, an yeah, alternate yeah. reality yeah. to our own could be a better future. And yeah. so what does that look like? And if you can do it through a fictional lens, it might be entertaining and fun, but um, yeah, it's just inspiring something different. And then another um, angle is we started a company called Realize Retreats, which is um, actually just encouraging people to have better mental health and physical health in a way that can really kickstart their um, their journey. Yeah. But it's like at a lower price point than a lot of retreats, and it's like done. And it's more accessible for people, accessible. and it can be done remotely. It's yeah. done remotely. Yeah. yeah, and then advertising, like Wrestler's an advertising company, marketing company. Um, but what we do is we try and like make sure that the messages that go out there are authentic and true and mm. like are helping to communicate the right things in the world mm. um and so yeah everything we do has that overarching goal so when people are trying to also think about like where they sit in the world always knowing what your like overall truth is no matter if it doesn't have to be worky but it ends up helping guide you through the decisions that you make on a daily basis oh that is a gr- that is a the perfect way to end this conversation <laughs> Can you get, can you just clarify that a bit more? So so your 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 like your own purpose, your own value, your own sense of yeah. self. So if you always know what your purpose is in life, you don't have to have a purpose, but what drives you, what makes you happy, and if you could achieve something, it can be like the biggest, most elaborate thing. You don't have to tell anyone what it is, um, but and then every decision that you make in your life would probably lead to that anyway. It helps mm. you to have a, um, a direction and it makes you feel more satisfied with the work that you're doing or the personal life that you lead. Um, because you know it's aligned with yeah, you. Yeah, you kind of know where you're going. And your it compass. Can, and it can change every day. So the purpose oh. can change. Right. But as long as you feel like there's a greater goal than right. just, I'm going to get up and have breakfast for no reason. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to get up and have breakfast because it's going to give me my body the nutrients it needs to do x or whatever i don't know right. i don't know just like all the little things so my goal is to live to 110 so if i was to think about breakfast as like a micro decision for the bigger purpose of living to 110 i would make sure that my breakfast was really nutritious so that i could have better mental health and better physical health so that i could live to 110 that would be an example yeah yeah if this podcast is still going when you're 110 and if I've made it, if I haven't done, can I? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> can I interview them? Okay. Okay, thanks. Right.